Hey everyone, just wanted to pop in here before you listen to the entirety of this episode. In this episode, we are going to talk about Shinzo Abe, who played a prolific and critical role in the history of Japan over the last two decades. As a polarizing figure and someone who contributed to the anime industry, which we'll talk about on this episode, we understand not everyone will have the same views and opinions on this person. With that being said, we always encourage our listeners to do their own research and form their own opinions on topics we discuss on the podcast. You can think of our podcast as an opinion piece you would read in the newspaper. So again, we encourage our listeners to do their own research and form their own opinions and observations as well. Thank you and enjoy this episode. Welcome back to our anime show. It's you know, our anime show. What's up? We should, um, that was just an update on my laptop. I don't know if you were able to hear that. <laughs> I didn't. That too. Oh, you can't hear these little sounds? Oh, oh, well, oh, yeah. No, that second one I heard. The second one um, I heard. I was just going to say, we should, we should be harmonizing that intro. We should just, we should just, you know. We should like, just go every, for it. Every time, you, every time you you throw out a little note or two there, I'm like, God, it, it looks, it sounds so intentional. And you're just <laughs> riffing. You're just kind of like going off. And I'm like, why not? Why not make it intentional? I think it would have to be you too, since we record this on your Zoom. Because if I tried to harmonize to you, it would be like delayed audio. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which would be right. horrible. That's this is all on you then. <laughs> okay. You in the next week, I need you to, you know, become pitch perfect. I need you to okay. have perfect pitch. Do, do I? Are you telling me that I don't look like Anna Kendrick? Because <laughs> I feel like if Anna Kendrick was a man, Anna Kendrick. <laughs> I feel like that's such a random person to pick as a singer. <laughs> Like no, you she, said pitch perfect. Oh, <laughs> Anna oh. Kendrick, that's such a random name, not anything to do with our conversation. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, pitch perfect. Like, you could have picked any other actual real singer, and not that she's not, but I Who feel like she's an actor is in the pitch per- perfect franchise. That oh. is a like oh rebel Rebels. (laughs) yeah if you go become rebel wilson i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that i look like the male version of rebel wilson because i i don't you definitely don't you look nothing like her not even a little bit have you seen that she just recently pulled a whole adele like she has lost a ton of weight yeah dude like the same person it's It's that thing where I'm like it's very impressive I can only hope that it was done in a healthy way and also done with good intentions and not the need to be smaller to fit into the box that um is the women's standard in society sure but that's my two cents (laughs) No, she she does look great. Uh, clearly, to lose that much weight is a lot of dedication, and you know, 
if that was a goal, then good job. You did it. It must um, also like happen over COVID. Anyway, sorry, go, go ahead. You, I, you're keeping us on track here. I need to tell you about my week because you, my friend, will be very fucking proud of me. Oh, wow. I am on. I am on episode forty-one of Bleach. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. I put in some freaking work this week. I'm trying to figure out what that means and where you're at. Like so, the last so, time. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so what's happened is we are in the shadow realm. Ichigo. No, the oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm thinking for of, of Yu-Gi-Oh, this poor man who has passed away. I know. I was about to say, shouts out to Takahashi. Um, yeah, sorry, but no, you're good. The Shadow Realm. <laughs> God, I was so close to not sounding like a total doofus on the podcast. Um, they're in what is it? The the, the, the soul, soul society. society. They're in the Soul Society trying to get Rukia who's locked away they're like we're gonna yep. definitely murk you soon and she's like I've done what I've done and um you know everyone's having like their little one-off fights Ichigo fights Kenny with the little girl who was like Kenny oh yeah <laughs> fights <a> Kenny <laughs> I've never heard absolutely anybody talk about Zaraki Genpachi as Kenny other than her so the fact that you <laughs> called him little Kenny is just you know very funny to me they're dynamic and like their story is of course like really sweet but when you first see them and they're just running around like the place being like Kenny I get a feel I'm having a feeling it's my intuition I'm like oh my god this is so funny um that fight was beautiful by the way thoroughly enjoyed that piece of art um mm. And, you know, Ichigo finds Rukia. Ichigo fights her brother again, I believe. And um, I don't know if I got to the end of that fight. I think that fight is still happening, but I'm have I'm right now watching like a little side mission with uh, Quincy. Who's the Quincy guy that we met? Uriu. With Uriu and the and the other like skeleton looking folk with the spear why are you making that face at me because what you're saying is that it went back to a filler episode which you can totally skip uh and Wait, i don't need to watch that fight i feel like that's like a growing moment no. for him no no you're talking about with you uriu and and the fucking mumra like japanese mumra is basically what i call him Back in the real world, right? Like it's on a side mission. Oh no, no, he's in this. He's in the Soul Society with them. I think he's just, you know, doing his his other thing. Because if the people that go in are Orihime, Orihime, yeah. pardon me, Orihime, um, <laughs> Chad, yeah, Ichigo, and Ganju. Ganju, I think Ganju died already no ganju never died who's ganju wait ganju ganju's kukaku shiva's brother 
dude oh he didn't die but yeah wait yeah he did yeah oh oh you're saying he got he got like fucked up by biakuya oh he he didn't die oh i i'm trying to figure out where you're at and now now this is all making sense yeah he got fucked up he got like badly fucked up he oh yeah yeah he okay sorry if i'm he got got i'm like flying through just to get through it um but but that fight does end i'm trying to figure out i think actually i i don't remember did you see yorichi or did you not see yorichi yorichi is rukia's brother no that's biakia that's biakia biakia is brother yorichi's the cat oh yeah yeah i saw real yorichi yorichi sorry yes show up to the ichigo versus biakia fight yes and she took ichigo oh and now they're training yeah okay all right Her that's what i wanted to hear that's what oh, i'm like sorry you sh- that should have been something you saw for sure yes okay important. yes it was it was sorry i did see that um yeah so they're okay they're doing that i just i forgot where ichigo was now that i'm watching uh you he's training you- in the place that yoruichi and urahara used to train in when they lived in the soul society gotcha copy 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 um, but yes, anyway, all to say, maybe it's not all rotating, but I'm doing my best. <laughs> You're doing well. You're doing well. Um, and I got to episode five at Shield Hero and you were like, drop it. And I was like, ah, oh, I feel like I can't. I loved season one, but now we're getting somewhere. Now that we've okay. left the turtle, I'm kind of like, all right. I love this other girl that's joined the, the group. The green haired one? Yeah. Love her. Precious character building. Love she that. She gets absolutely roasted in season two. <laughs> <laughs> and not by fire. Just I don't. Absolutely roasted. I, I don't remember why. Like, I must have just missed it because I was maybe like not as engaged. Why was she also in the Philo outfit? Like, why was she wearing that? Because she was shy. I forget why she was wearing that. Oh, I don't remember either. It might have been battle armor, I think. It looked think so, it looked so like hardly, it looked like scotch taped together. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I don't have an answer for that either. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's what I did this week. I was really, really excited to talk about Bleach because I, I just want you to be proud of me, man. I'm proud of you. That's you've made great progress in Bleach. Just gotta yeah. keep chugging along. You gotta keep chugging along. Only keep like three hundred more to go. I think it's no like Bleach. Bleach is heavy, heavy filler as well. Like you'll be able to really. Skip. Oh yeah, yeah. You'll be able to. Oh, skip we talked about this. Yeah. Okay. A lot. Yeah, you'll be able to skip a lot for sure. There was like a side thing with the kids back at at a. Uh, on earth or whatever in the real in the, in the real, real world. realm in the real world pardon me Our clear town name you can yeah, skip all I, of those i i figured i was watching like it for five minutes and i was like mm, this filler <laughs> yeah there's a good very good chunk of bleach that's filler there was a there's a point where like a year and a half was straight filler it was crazy oh my God, it was really? like every every and so the other thing that you have to understand about like bleach which 
this probably sounds like, God, this must have been on forever. And it was. But the thing about these bigger animes like Naruto and Bleach is that they're, they come out every week. They don't come out in a season. They just run right. year round. Right. So like yeah. when, when we say a year and a half, I don't mean like season two, core one in 2016 and then season whatever and core two in t- the next year. Like it was just every week for a year and a half was filler which was so challenging but you know <clears throat> some of the filler was still good but mm-hmm. yeah you don't you don't you don't have to do that um good to know i guess i guess my update really quick um god what did i, what did I watch i i did watch a it's lot so of bleach so. again i I've, i'm almost cu- completely through it um which is good i've made some pretty good progress there i finished skeleton night i started watching overlord i started watching prince of tennis i love prince of tennis oh oh you know what i did i watched this new soccer anime that made me cry so hard um for just like a moment no it's called um aoshi I don't know how to pronounce that out. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, regardless, it's a soccer anime and it's so good. Thoroughly have enjoyed it. I ended up reading the entire manga now completely caught up. So, yeah. Wow. (laughs) I think, let me just look at the chapters. There's what, like 290 chapters? Yeah, 292. So uh, for context, the anime just finished its first core last week. And I think I started at like chapter 25 and I went all the way to 292 in like two days. So good. Really enjoyed that. Um, What else? I've watched a couple of things. Are you still watching Pokemon? Pokemon. I started my Mm. Pokemon journey again. Yeah. Did that. Um, I played a lot of video games this week, actually. I kind of took a little i had time but i ended up playing more video games i just did beat what do you play star wars i i just beat star wars um fallen order and it was really good and now i'm playing star wars battlefront 2 and i missed this when i was a kid i completely missed when battlefront 2 came out so i played a lot of battlefront 1 so i've been on a star wars kick <laughs> um Urusha and i my wife and i watched a ton of star wars we finished all of Kenobi. We watched just so much stuff. Uh, so it's been it's been nice. It's been good. But anyways, that is my uh, that is my update. Alrighty, I think then without further ado, let's go ahead and get into what we decided to just kind of converse and discuss today. Um, as most of us, at least in the anime community, probably know um, that Shinzo Abe was assassinated last week. We're recording this on Sunday, July 9th, and I believe the assassination happened on... Oh, it's the 10th today, you're right. Oh, gosh, yeah, the 10th, and I think the assassination happened on the 6th. Is that accurate? Uh... Oh, I don't know. Seven? Six? Sorry, I just got worried. I got it wrong. I did so much reading about his life and 
tried to very little read about his death. His, his death, yeah, because it's actually really hard to learn about him. Oh, it's the eighth. It's the eighth. It's Anytime 8th. you Google search him right now, like the only thing they're talking about is his assassination, which is super tragic. Um, yeah, I mean, he had a really interesting life um you know he um you having researched him a little bit you, you may know more than i do in terms of his like upbringing and and so forth um uh but he was longest running prime minister, prime minister. in Japanese history yeah he and, actually was um, a, oh sorry i'm just gonna add the facts i learned you know throughout the week in here but he was actually the prime minister twice he mm -hmm. um, was elected and then resigned a year later and then ran again and then was the longest until about, I think, 2000. No, 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 no. He went back in for the for his longest in 2000, I think, 13, 13. Yeah, 2013 or 2012. I don't remember when you were <laughs> when you were researching about him. Did you did you come across the cool Japan? campaign no so <laughs> please so, tell yeah so like this was like shortly after Psy from Korea blew up mm -hmm. like like Gangnam Style had happened and the South Korea in experiment of investing into entertainment and wanting to export that and heavily invest into k-pop and so forth was at its most important state i would say because they were starting to see results and you know lots of things happened after this and japan wanted to do something very similar and he was super huge into the to this concept of cool japan him and his economic advisors and and so forth were anxious to get Japanese culture and cool things out. Um, you know, I, I I was reading a clip this week in preparation for this podcast, and I didn't know this, but apparently, like the Walkman was invented in Japan. Now, anybody who listens to this podcast is a lot older than us is probably going to laugh, but yeah, I mean, so the Walkman, the concept of the Walkman was evangelized in Japan, and the technology was invented in Japan, and and they were basically saying that that was like the last time Japan was on the map. Um, so that, so interestingly enough, like the, the, it was in 2013, um, right around the time when Shinzo Abe was going to become president, uh, was running to become prime minister again, he, he wanted Japanese services and food and fashion and just art to, to, to be put back on the map. He wanted to get Japan back on the map, essentially. Um, and I was looking at some of these statistics. Apparently, they were by far a larger importer of goods and content, including books and movies and magazines, by like four times the amount that they were exporting. So, like, I have I have some oh. figures here that stated that they were importing seventy billion yen worth of content but they were only exporting 16.2 billion yen um 
So that's like almost what year? a fourth. What this year was in 2011. This is 2011. Okay, okay. But today, oh. the, the animation industry in Japan alone, so not film and magazines and food and just like just purely anime, nets them a revenue of around 1.2 trillion yen. And that that's from Statista that that was in back in 2020. I bet it's even I bet it's even larger today, uh, mm-hmm. two years later. But 1.2 trillion compared to 16.2 billion is a shocking amount. That is a indi- that's an indicator right there of just how much that culture has exploded since 2011. Truly, that's like I guess a solid like 10 years, if yeah. not a little more, of growth. That's and like in time in speaking in in the um what am I trying to think of but like when you're speaking about time relatively when relatively speaking about time that's such a small blip 10 years is like nothing yeah that's very impressive yeah and they I think that they were um I mean when you look at the um amount that anime specifically contributes to that those dollars it's like 77 percent that makes sense i was um reading a little bit about his like when he was prime minister and then this like uh they were calling it um just a moment because i want to go yeah his abenomics economics yeah, yeah. yeah I was trying to read about that and understand it and it was it was a little bit maybe like high level to the point where I couldn't fully understand exactly the angle and what that mm. meant like tangibly for Japanese citizens and the country of Japan um but I was just reading a little bit about that and then like how it was somewhat good, but somewhat bad. And I was really trying to understand that I couldn't find a lot of information about what, what the effect of Abenomics was in like the anime industry. Mm. I don't know. Like I couldn't find anything to support it or like to, to just speak on it, like specifically. But well, I think, everyone. I think that, um, I think that there are, there's some, there's a concept called the three arrows and we, we don't have to get right. into a whole bunch of economic theory here right. but i i think what from my from my understanding of of his economics and and not just economics but just his overall policy i think there are, there are two really important things uh, back to what i was describing of the um kind of uh investment that korea had made he wanted to make a similar investment a very very sizable investment i Right. At least for Japanese standards, I think it was like like half a billion dollars or something that was being invested into this industry to try to put it back on the map. And and he went on to say something to the ends of like, you know, private industry has to step up as well. It can't just be the government. Um, but but from a policy perspective, <clears throat> you know, um, after World War II, when the Japanese surrendered, the U.S. came in and set forward a series of policies that Japan had to follow um, as, a, as a part of the surrender of, of Japan in World War II. 
<clears throat> a big part of that was, I think, two things. One was that they had to be light on the military. It had to be defense only. They had to have a super light military, basically no Navy, um, to repel the threat of Japan building up their army again and just continuing on whatever they were at pre-World War uh, power. Mm-hmm. And then the other was around education. And education was really interesting. Um, and we don't have to get into this, but but a lot of, as you can probably imagine, the policies that the that the U.S. implemented were heavily in favor of America. Um, it it in in his mind was inappropriately dependent on America to survive and didn't enable them to have a lot of economic drivers that could put them back on the map. And so one of the things that he was super pro was military and rebuilding that military and it made a lot of people nervous and and he did yeah in fact did that i think i don't know what the actual stats are in terms of how much more of a budget the military has now compared to even 15 10 years ago but it's sizable i think it's like 10 times the size of what it was back in the 90s um and this was even in the 90s obviously the 90s is well after world war ii but Mm. this is like a huge a huge thing for him where um, and this is probably some some of the stuff that you read. You know, he wanted to move Japan away from World War II fatigue. He didn't want people to be talking about the demoralizing defeat. He wanted people to have pride in a very nationalistic way. He wanted to rebuild the army um, <clears throat> because, in his mind, if we if we think about and reflect on our on on their weak, if they re- reflect on their weakness, then then they can't look to the future from a position of strength and. So the um, one of the animes that I, I thought was always really interesting was an anime called Gate, which came out, oh gosh, I don't even remember when the manga came out. Well, obviously the manga came out first, um, but the, the Gate anime, I'm, I'm even just looking this up now. I think, oh, it says it originally published in 2010. Yeah. <clears throat> it was serialized from 2000 to 2010. I'm not sure if, it really came out in 2010. Maybe it did, but um, it doesn't. What doesn't surprise me is, and and again, that's the novel series came out in 2010. I'm I'm going to assume that the anime came out right around the time when Shinzo Abe was becoming prime minister again, um, and I think that. Um, yeah, it's 2011. I think that what's not surprising to me, oh no, sorry, what was surprising to me was that there was this emphasis on the strength of the Japanese military. I'd never really seen that in any other anime before. And if you've watched Gate, it's an isekai, but it's not an isekai, like a normal isekai where like the character disappears. In this one, the character like willingly went into another world and like intentionally with the goal of like handling business. Um, and there was also this kind of like moment of like Japan needing to get there before America does because like Japanese superiority and like it was very clearly kind of political a little bit. Um, but it was really popular. Gate was, I think Gate was pretty popular, but, uh, but yeah, I thought it was really interesting because I was like, oh, I didn't even realize Japan like had this military, like this equipment that they're showing in this anime. Like I wasn't aware that they were even allowed to have this. And then I read up on it and discovered that the prime minister or like this very 
heavyweight politician Shinzo Abe was like very controversial, controversially trying to build that up again. Um, so that was always really interesting to see that. I see. That's so interesting looking into like, I mean, and there's so much history. So like, that's kind of something that like is a personal journey of mine of seeing what the trends and history in Japan are at the time at which certain animes are coming out, like you said, you know, and specifically with this one, like I would just be interested, like where are people, where are creators at to where they're putting out this kind of content or this kind of content? The parallels are always very interesting and, you know, we can speculate and, and things like that. And just kind of, you know, how much are we understanding Japanese history through anime? (laughs) When I watch a lot of military genre stuff, whether it's mecha or, or like um, even like space warfare or um, I was thinking of like Gingai Densetsu or, or like um, uh, just anything where there's, where there's combat. It's usually fake planets or fake armies and fake countries um, and very rarely is it actually like the Japanese military. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that's that's one of the things that kind of stood out about Gate to me was that it was intentionally the JSDF, Japanese oh, like Special they Defense were, Force. They yeah, were named that like, even in the show. In the show, yeah. Ah. That was like the, the, the specific branch of... Mm-hmm military that the main character belonged to um now it's not to say like scenarios where there are soldiers like i think um oh gosh what is the name of that movie have you seen the movie it's like something of the fireflies it's one of the saddest movies i've ever seen in my life um um, it's an anime yeah it's called grave Grave of of the fireflies and it's about two kids um in mainland japan during world war ii as it's happening um Mm. and it happened it came out in 1988 um and it is one of the most beautiful but also just like tragic movies i've ever seen in my life and obviously in that film there are portrayals of like Japanese military and the bombs coming down from American planes and and just like you you see a lot of that and first of all if you've never seen Grave of the Fireflies and you're you're okay to watch a tragic movie and you want to just deeply be impacted by a piece of art I could not recommend it more it's probably it's definitely in my top four or five of just like all-time any films that I've seen in my life um wow yeah it's yeah it's um yeah it's really good um but that uh, literally aside from that film I've never seen an actual show where you know you see branches of Japanese military directly named but when you compare that to like America, that's obviously not the case. We have so much content and media around like 
Yes. You know, like look at top every right? war. Like, that's, like... That, yeah, yeah. Like jarhead, like just get tons of stuff of, of American military and right. So um so yeah. interesting. Like I wonder why that is. Like why unless like, you know, is anime the escape or like is anime never crossing the line of like propaganda? I don't know if that's the right word, but you know what I mean? I'm like, I wonder why that happens. Yeah, it's I wonder a, you know, why it's a, the Japanese, like Japanese people don't, or Japanese creators, like don't touch it. I, I don't think that joining the army in Japan is like um, evangelized or <clears throat> romanticized in the way that it is here in America. But like I said, there, there's good reason for that, right? Like um, America, Americans, particularly General MacArthur, who led the Japanese campaign and handled the transition of, of what America's policies were going to be for Japan. Like he lived there and like, in many ways kind of brainwashed though. I mean, it was like really interesting. Um, the, when when Wait, I went brainwashed, to Japan- Brainwashed who? People well, in the, Japan? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think like the, like the handling of Japan there's so many really great documentaries on this, by the way, that I also really recommend. None that I can think of off the top of my head, but if this is a piece of history that's interesting to you, you should look at, I think in World War II, the like Germans and the Nazis get a lot of attention, but the Japanese and like what happened on that side of the world uh, in World War II is like super interesting because Anime actually became wildly popular just after World War II ended. Mm -hmm. um, it, didn't, it didn't really exist in the way that it did after that. And Hollywood heavily influenced it in the beginning in, in a couple of different ways. Um, but you can imagine that like a defeated nation who was, at the, was a superpower at the time, psychologically having been defeated in war and and having the invader come in and set up policies for how they were going to act and so forth um you know the americans put their spin on what they wanted kids to be taught in school and how you know industry was going to work and how the military could run in japan even so japan didn't really have a, a choice in a lot of the policies that they were making and i think abe mm -hmm. in particular was very against that like defeatists let's in in many ways let's censor that that even happened let's let's right. soften the language around what japan did wrong and get mm -hmm. back to a place where japan is That's, a superpower is right you know is right. great um <clears throat> so yeah i mean i think that's i, I don't even remember where i was originally going with this <laughs> well i had posed the question of like i wonder i wonder why we don't oh like i right. see that yeah but that's not necessarily the case in america so like during world war ii mm -hmm. i think this is where i was supposed to bring it all home in world war ii <laughs> like um disney and like other animation studios like donald duck and like all of these very very popular characters popeye all of them were used in propaganda to recruit soldiers True. Heavily. So true. Heavily. Yeah. 
We romanticize um, the military, like you said, so yeah. much. Like even like I remember like American Sniper had so much drama behind it because people were like, um, he's shooting people like just in cold blood or he did this or that, you know, like, I don't know the full story, but I knew that there was like drama around that because we're like, yes, American Sniper, American hero. And it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. But there isn't, there wasn't, there wasn't an element of that at that time in Japan. It wasn't, anime mm-hmm. was not what it is today. It was very different in its style and and the stories that it told and um and it like I said it really bore fruit after after World War II um and um I, I don't know that anime has never been pol- politicized or used as a form of propaganda I mean that that could be really interesting to do some research on to really to really understand that but like I said the timing of Gates release was to me suspicious. Um, mm-hmm. And probably controversial. Um, this is a total shot in another direction, but just bear with me for a second. The timing of most sports anime, I think, is often, I have often thought is propaganda. Interesting. And, and, and the reason I think that this is like, like I said, like a totally shot in another direction is because when you look at the sports that they release when they release them, they usually coincide with a big world event that's relative to that sport, or it's just next in the line of sports they're trying to push. So mm. like some things with like Captain Tsubasa came out around the time of the World Cup, which is a very classic uh, soccer anime. So that makes sense. Um, you know, the, the like Prince of Tennis, Wimbledon is going on right now. Um uh you know and so forth uh, like the basketball anime was like happened right around the olympics but then like you got a badminton show you got a rugby anime you got a bull uh. like you got these random sports that like very clearly are not popular anywhere in the world <laughs> yeah i mean that's oh wait hold on let me let me act before i upset everybody that's not true Rugby is wildly popper, wildly popular in multiple places throughout the world, but popular enough in Japan for it to have a whole market. I'm mm-hmm. not convinced of it. Um, okay, yeah. I think that there's a shocking number of people who love badminton in the world, and I'm saying that purely as an American because my wife is Nepali and badminton is like it in Nepal. Like they love badminton. Really? Um, yeah, like love badminton. Which is like wow. to me, like professionally like, or yeah, like they play seriously. It's like schools and like all kinds of and like to me, badminton is like this really sad, really sad excuse of a sport. At least I thought so until I started watching it more. So my my point is is like it feels like there is a hidden motive every time these random sports get an anime. At least for me. Um, uh-huh. where like something is going on that they're trying to push from a policy perspective. Maybe they're trying to make it more popular in Japan because it's not, you know, and maybe like the rugby association of Japan is like, we need more fans. Like it will pay you money to make an anime for like, maybe I have no wow. idea, but it feels very propaganda. Geo, the binge monster out here is setting up like um what are they called conspiracy conspiracy theories (laughs) (laughs) i just feel like it it, like 
uh, and first of all, and they're good. And that's the problem. Yeah. They're yeah. good. You know, yeah. like I, the, I watched the rugby one and I was like, holy crap, this is so interesting. I never knew how rugby worked until I watched the anime. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting. And I ended up reading like the whole thing. I did. We, this is so interesting. I, I want to go back because the only sports anime that I finished was the anime about the water polo. I think it was called Free. <laughs> about the water polo. Good God. I want to go well, back. See- and like. See if the world like championship for swimming was happening when that came out. I bet you like yeah, there right? was something. I bet you. Um, so I don't know how to bring it back to, to our, our main conversation here, but with that, the thing, so you know, with his assassination, they're canceling a lot of anime, not canceling it, but they're like postponing a lot of anime. And the one that I noticed the most was the bell film but it says it came out in 2021 so i i don't know i don't know why they're i don't know what they're pausing it for maybe they're pausing like to air it or something yeah maybe they're just postponing it but there is one thing and i have no idea what teppin is i have not seen it oh yeah context but that one is really interesting that they were canceling the episode entirely because the plot (laughs) is about stopping the assassination of of a president and like I don't know if it's a Japanese president specifically, but I, I can't, I don't think I've ever seen an episode straight up get canceled. I think I've seen it be postponed, but I don't think I've ever seen it. I've never heard of an episode entirely just being canceled. Like we're never going to show this. Yeah, like scratching it. I yeah. haven't. Unless yeah. you count, you know, like maybe maybe the scripts that were made for Promise Neverland season two that just never never saw the light of day i don't i don't, I don't know what to say to this <laughs> I'm, un, I'm uncomfortable <laughs> what a travesty such a such a sad sad travesty yeah were you able to find more information um on this i don't know on his assassination the only thing i know well, no not like other interesting news that would relate to anime. Oh, oh. I just well, couldn't, dude. Yeah, no, I think I think that there were some anti-piracy laws and policies that he put into place that were really interesting. I mean, no matter how you look at it, the anime landscape for viewing content has changed dramatically over the last decade. Because there were so many third-party sites you could watch anime on. And now they're like endangered species. <laughs> like they're they're dying faster than people can uphold them and create new ones. Um, and also so many of them just have viruses. Like it's just not even worth it. It's just not um, to go watch pirated anime. But I also think it speaks to the efforts in that streaming services have taken to provide the library of content that people want. I mean, it's still not perfect because licensing is really, really difficult, but it has mm-hmm. come a long way over the last decade. And I think Crunchyroll and Funimation have been, have done a really good job, you know, leading the pack with 
particularly in in the, in the U.S. Um, with building that kind of a database, and I and I really do feel like, you know, I think that as Prime Minister, it it goes without saying that a lot of the things that he did very early on to put anime culture on the map globally was imperative uh, to the way that this industry is now contributing to the overall economy in Japan. And and like, it's tough too, because I, I think in many ways, like that triumph is very much overshadowed with some of the other ways that the Japanese economy has been struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think that like, like it's obvious when you read about what's happening right now that there are just a lot of issues that are affecting the Japanese economy. They're also struggling with their, like I, we've talked about on previously on this podcast, but they're just really um, aging population and also right. low birth rate, like in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the bigger challenge with that is that like Japan has historically been a nation very uh like conservative on immigration so Mm -hmm. you know like they are not they don't have immigration policies that make it particularly easy or incentivizing to um to travel there no not necessarily to travel there but yeah to like move and migrate there Right. Um, right. And that's like, uh, I mean, um, that is a stance consistent with hundreds of centuries of policy. Mm-hmm. Like there, like there's like it's it's <clears throat> like well known that like in the age of the samurai, if you landed on Japan on site, you'd be killed. Like that that like it's all it's been like that for a long time. So it's not surprising. That said, they should probably revisit that stance a little bit um, because they need workers. <laughs> they need the economy <laughs> to be running, um, and yeah. they have other they have other challenges. So. Sidebar: We should one day do a whole episode on samurai and samurai in anime, or like oh, samurai absolutely. ideals and with samurai in real life and their metaphors their ideologies things like that sidebar as you said that i was like oh. and i'm playing ghosts right now so i'm all about the samurai you're playing um, what ghosts ghost of tsushima oh ghost of tsushima yeah so it's interesting that you say that because there's a really dope anime about tsushima um oh really oh wait yeah. tell me tell so, me which it's, one it's 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 historically semi-accurate I don't remember the, I'll try to find the name of it. It's like a 12 episode or 24 episode series. Um, if I said about it, would you the know? Mongols. Oh, try it. Yeah. Uh, on, on, on goal, on goal, most, moist. Oh, yeah. Ginko Kasenki. Yeah, that's exactly what, yeah, that's it. So it's about the mm-hmm. Mongols when they tried to take Japan and they started at Tsushima and it's like that whole st- and, it, and I'm pretty sure it's s- largely historically accurate I don't know I mean there's obviously dramatizations yeah anime but um 
it's super good. I loved it. I, it was like a sleeper this season. Truly, I got to tell you, I love this game. Like I yeah. love, and like the fighting styles and the way that you fight in this game looks so, it's not like it's just the same thing over and over. Like the character moves in different ways and like kind of ties their movements together. Like the flow of the movement of the character when you're fighting is so good. Mm-hmm. And I, I would love, I've, this was one of the things I wanted to do by the end of the game was to like actually read up on that time and like see how accurate mm. these things are and things like I mean I'm sure it's really accurate it feels to me it feels I don't know but it feels like they did a really good job with it um especially just based on the fighting style you know like yeah I'm what having so much fun playing this game are you playing that on a switch no I have a ps4 oh yeah mm. I didn't know this Al's brother got a uh a um Oh, shouts out Alan. Alan listens to our podcast. Um, he got a PC and then gave me his PS4 so that Alan and I could play games together, which we do. But now I also play my own games, of course. Interesting. Yeah, That's cool. I, I mean, Ghost of Shima is like an amazing game. Like it's beautiful. I, I've seen, I've watched a good deal of it. I've demoed it a little bit. I don't know where I played it, but I did play it somewhere. Um, you play with dads? Yeah. Maybe I did. I think I yeah. did. It's beautiful. We should have a whole samurai episode. Ugh, we should. I would love I went to that. the samurai museum in Tokyo. Um, because there is a samurai Ugh. museum and it is this small, tiny museum that you could so easily miss. It's too really? easy to miss it. Yeah. But it is so dope. I yeah. It, it's it like really, the really samurai cool. museum like the yeah. samurai museum in japan I mean, or in a Tokyo. samurai museum yeah but it's okay. called the samurai museum i believe it's okay like, okay like explicitly called that i was just um, curious because i'm like really like that i would be so shocked to know that there isn't at least something bigger like oh i'm sure there are yeah i'm sure there's like exhibits in multiple museums throughout japan oh, but like it is that's true i think it's like just called the samurai the samurai museum yeah what yeah. did you do in there um like what did, did they have so, like yeah they had what did, what did you look at everything from like the what they wore to like how they rode horses to the all of the weapons to oh, wow. like the history and like um yeah they had like some beautiful katanas from like various centuries in various levels of condition um they had like their like what they drink alcohol out of. like they just had a little bit of everything it was really mm-hmm. cool mm-hmm. oh that's so cool when i was in south korea i went to the like national museum and they had just they had certain sections that were just other countries and they had one section that was japan and then in that section they had a some very small like samurai display where they like you know talked about samurai they talked about they had full samurai outfits they had some of the swords the katanas that they would use oh man oh yeah okay um that's really interesting that they would do that uh i mean i'm just surprised that they would do that because 
Korea and Japan don't always get along. I mean, for for very fair reasons, like Japan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just I'm just surprised. Oh, definitely. That was one of the most shocking things to me because I mean I don't know a lot of history about like Asia and the affairs over there between you know between countries and things. I I just don't know a lot of that. So I was like, I'm going here to learn about Korea, and so I learned a lot. I mean, it's just like such a new country because Japan you know, was in control of them, I think, up until, like, 1946? Yeah, right after, like right after the World War II. Exactly, yeah. So, like, that's all things that, like, I did not understand. And I was like, this country oh. is so new. So new. Oh, yeah. And then, and but, Japan I mean... Japan did not. I mean, like, they... No. Yeah, there's some, no. some really bad history there. Um, yeah. No, but I walked every inch of the museum, so that's why, of course, I. And they had like a, and a section, that was from like India, and I forget what other sections they had, but those were the two that stood out to me because obviously my my sister's Indian, so, um, mm. those were the two that I remember out of the entire museum. Um, but Gio, you know what? It looks like we're at time. We're a little yeah. over time, but that's okay. That's okay. So what? The episode that you were that you were going to have today is our interview with um, a guest that I had never met before, met on the podcast for the first time, <laughs> Sir Cheeks, the Sweet Cheeks, aka Alan Guido, aka my boyfriend. Uh, we were going to be posting that one this week, but of course, with current events, we're going to be posting this one, so you'll be able to see that one next week. And again, if there's anything you know, that you have to add to the conversation, we always recommend, or we always encourage you to reach out to us. You know, we try to be really accessible. We're trying to get more of a presence on social media. And at least for me, I would really love for this podcast to be, you know, something for our listeners too, something where we can all sort of begin to kind of like have an open dialogue about things and learn a little bit more about anime, talk about our love of anime, talk about current events, obviously, and how they relate to anime, things like that. So feel free to reach out to us definitely on my anime list. That's probably one of the best places. You can also, of course, email us at show at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at show. We're on Instagram and we are on TikTok as well. They may look bare, but I'm doing my best. Okay. So if you're on any of those platforms, feel free to reach out to us and let's start the conversation. Um, yeah. So that's me. I'm a green queen. Thank you so much. And I'm a binge monster. Thank you as well.